0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chica Travel Podcast. My name is Lila B, and this episode is powered by Flight Center. The Flight Center travel experts are on standby to help you plan your trip for this December, guys. It's time for us to reconnect with our favorite destinations. We've been cooped up at home long enough. So this week, guys, on the show, I am talking to Caitlin, who is a 23-year-old travel content creator and author of a new book, You Are Where You Go. Caitlin and I are chatting about her experience traveling to 70 countries in just three years. And one of the things that we mentioned in the episode is travel insurance and just how important it is, especially in these COVID times. I'm pretty sure that I've mentioned travel insurance before on the podcast, but please take this as yet another reminder not to leave the country without travel insurance. Um, for my side, I always get travel insurance through the bank uh, because it comes free if uh, if I use, you know, any of my cards to book a flight. But, uh, you know, what I would say about this free insurance, if you decide to go this route, is that you always have to remember to read the terms and conditions so that you can note what is included. And not included in your insurance, um, and that enables you to then top it up. You know if what's important for you to, for you uh, for the trip is not is not covered. Um, I think in these COVID times, if you're looking for travel insurance what I would look for particularly when when getting it is whether you know they cover me should I test covid positive while abroad um, whether they cover me for lost luggage flight delays cancellations and most importantly whether they cover me for medical and hospital bills because that's usually the one thing that gives you the most most headache so guys now that we are all get up For traveling safely and without worry, because we've got our travel insurance, here's my conversation with Caitlin, and it is proudly powered by Flight Center. Welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm so glad to be on the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited, and I'm really, really curious to hear your story. I um, mean, just reading, you know, the headlines, 70 countries while, you know, going through college. It's it's such an interesting, interesting story. But before we get to all of that, which um, I can't wait to hear, can you just tell my listeners a bit about yourself? Where did you grow up and when did your love for travel start?
1: Yeah, um, so I grew up in New Jersey, really kind of in the shadow of the city of New York, always spent a lot of time going to New York and always wanting to travel more. Um, I grew up in a small family, like just four of us. So we'd go on vacations every now and then. And I grew up wanting to travel after hearing so many stories about my dad traveling and having been exposed to a bit of traveling myself, but Mm. um, didn't really have the freedom or the opportunity to do so until college came around. So once I got to be in college and had the freedom to study abroad and book my own vacations and trips and travels, um, that was really when my love of travel got to finally flourish.
0: When you then got the opportunity to, you know, get out there and start traveling, where, what was the first, first place that you decided I'm gonna start at this place?
1: Um, So my first year of university, I signed up for a course that was all about social entrepreneurship. And it took us to Ghana to actually um, Mm. experience what it was like to work with the villagers that we had partnered with for this nonprofit. We had been really working on the ground and seeing what it's like to be there and work there and help build up a social enterprise in this village in rural Ghana. Um, So it wasn't necessarily a place had been at the top of my bucket list that I had been wanting to visit forever, but it was one that aligned with The educational path that I was on. And it ended up being such an incredible experience because it was probably a place that I don't think I would have sought out to visit if I had just been going through Mm -hmm. a list of places that people Mm -hmm. always talk about and I had always wanted to travel. But it ended up being a very pivotal travel experience for me because it put me very well outside of my comfort zone, really enabled Mm -hmm. me to see the world in a different light and understand how similar everything is in different parts of the world even if you might think that they are so different um when you first start thinking about it at a young age
0: those places that you know that we we just happen to go to because we had them on a list because everybody's talking about them they they always end up you know being so so phenomenal but i i would like to hear a bit more since you've already mentioned ghana <laughs> i would really like to hear what uh what did you what specifically did you like and enjoy about Ghana and just overall how was the experience there
1: yeah I thought I think it was an amazing experience for me because I had never truly traveled I feel like I had only vacationed prior to that and Mm -hmm. I do think there's a big distinction between traveling and kind of immersing yourself in a local culture versus going on a vacation staying in a hotel, kind of doing only the touristy things. So when I mm. had arrived in Ghana, we spent a few days touring around the capital of Accra, but then we went to this village called Weje Chachwe, which was kind of in the middle of the rural areas that tourists definitely don't normally go to. And we were actually working with people in the village to teach them about business skills and to actually stay overnight with them and learn their culture and their customs. So -hmm. I think that was my first experience doing a trip like that, that had that focus of actually immersing myself. Mm -hmm. So I loved that aspect of it. I really thought that I learned so much just from Actually living with people in a different country, um, seeing how they go about their daily life, seeing what does a village really look like as compared to my Mm -hmm. hometown. I just, it really showed me a lot of new baselines for what different people around the world consider to be normal. And I think that that was something really powerful for me to come home and have this reference points moving forward as an example of there are so many ways that people live very differently but also have values and loves and interests that are very much the same.
0: Three years you went to seventy countries and you were also talking about vacationing, uh, you know, versus traveling. And how do you I mean, would you say in those in those three years when you we're going to all these places, um you were just going to take a list, or will you really imagine yourself in these in, in areas?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I, because I was doing most of this travel when I was studying abroad, it was mostly me just taking advantage of the fact that for five months I was living in Italy and could have access to all of these places that are very close by in Europe. And then another semester Mm. I was living in Singapore Mm. and had access to all these countries very close by in Southeast Asia. So in that way, I was definitely trying to just maximize the amount of different perspectives I could gain since I had long weekends open and could always Either choose to stay in the country that I was living in, whether it was Italy or Singapore, or I could choose to go on a short trip and experience something completely new for the first time. I think mm. that although yeah. I would have loved to spend more time in each place, I do think it was super valuable to just expose myself to as many different glimpses of life in different parts of the world as possible. And I think. That I didn't see it as a way to check off a list of countries, but rather found it Mm -hmm. as a way to collect as many different experiences as possible. That was really the mindset that I had Mm -hmm. of thinking through if I can expose myself to a way of life that I've never seen before or introduce myself to new people or try new foods that I could never try anywhere else even if this is only a short trip, I'm still increasing my ability to understand that culture and understand that country from zero to something. And I think that's very valuable.
0: And, and you were traveling solo throughout?
1: Most of the time, I was actually traveling with other students. I happened to be pretty Mm -hmm. lucky because I was in a study abroad environment. I could find a lot of other people who were also eager to try out exploring new places. So I most of the time traveled with a handful of friends who had also been studying abroad. But occasionally, Mm -hmm. I did take a solo trip just here and there. And I think both experiences can be really beneficial. Sometimes it does Feel really amazing to go to a place and travel solo because you can do exactly what you want. You don't necessarily have to align with an entire group. But then again, I do really love traveling with other people to kind of have those group experiences, bond with each other, and like make memories together.
0: Um, when you decide on on where to on a place to go that I'm going to visit a particular place, first of all, how do you pick? You know the places that you will go to, and what is your your planning process? Um, to get to where you want to, to go?
1: Yeah, I think that my planning process definitely involves getting a lot of inspiration from other people that I know who are big travelers, um, whether that is just kind of deciding in the first place, like, where do I want to go, oftentimes I'll have a couple places in mind from my friends who have recently visited places that sound amazing, mm. or just places I've read about that I really want to experience the rich history of myself. Um, definitely have like a running list of places I want to get to one day. And I think usually when it comes t- time to decide where exactly to go, it kind of just comes down to. Um, Like the timing, like, is it a good time of year to visit this type of place? Is there maybe a certain like holiday or something that could be fun to experience in a new place? So those are some of the things I consider when choosing where to go and when, Um, but actually deciding like what to do there or really getting an idea of what to experience when you're in that place. I love talking Mm. to friends who have been to those places themselves. I think that kind of one-on-one conversation with someone is the best way to really understand and plan out what you're going to do Mm. on your trip. Um, And if I happen to not know someone who has been there before, then online resources like Facebook groups are really great Mm. for connecting with other people and hearing their perspectives on that place as well.
0: But now when you are traveling, how do you how do you manage to I don't know your, what, what's your budgeting process? How do you manage to stay within your, your budget? A lot of my listeners usually ask me for you know budgeting tips for travel and um, how to maximize you know your money. Um, do you yeah. have any words of wisdom? How do you do it? <laughs>
1: I have definitely been traveling on a budget for the majority of my trips. I did most of them while I was in college. So wasn't earning a full-time income, but did have money from working jobs on the side and things like that, that I had saved up for the purpose of these trips, but was always trying to keep costs as low as possible. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about travel is that it has to be expensive. I think mm. it's very easy to only see like, This resort or this hotel is like a package deal for like $3,000 for one week. And then people get this idea that you have to be super rich to travel, but that's definitely not the case. There are a lot of ways, like you can stay in Airbnbs and it can be very cheap and even more of a local experience. You can stay in a hostel and meet other solo travelers and that can be extremely cheap. Like I know in Southeast Asia, it can be as cheap as like $6 a night for a hostel in some places. So I think that was one of the biggest things I learned from actually moving abroad and then traveling to all these different countries while I was stationed in an abroad location is it is extremely cheap to travel between countries once you're kind of out there. It's just that initial Mm -hmm. expensive plane ticket from where you're, where you are to where you're going that usually Mm -hmm. tends to be the biggest cost. Um, But budget airlines, overnight buses, uh, like it's, it's all relative to what is kind of what are you willing to make a trade-off for? Most of the time you can trade off convenience to save a lot of money if your budget's pretty tight. Um, And that's definitely something I did when I was traveling is didn't always have the most like luxurious or comfort in my trip, but was able to just maximize on the experiences and all the value that you can get out of actually doing the trip rather than withholding yourself due to budget.
0: And is there anything that you do not compromise on (laughs) when you're traveling?
1: Um, I think for me, I really like enjoying the local food. I think that's really important to me. So it's sometimes easier to just go get like grocery food to save money or um, like cook for yourself or eat like fast food. But I think it's definitely worthwhile to invest money in the actual authentic food because I think that's one thing that you can't necessarily experience through like watching a movie or seeing Instagram photos is like the culture mm-hmm. through someone's food I think that is something I am never willing to compromise on definitely really I'm mm-hmm. always down to have a proper experience in terms of like the culinary cuisine of a certain place
0: I mean you spoke earlier about the differences between vacationing and um I guess traveling what what you say is your definition of traveling with intent or intention? I think
1: whenever you're taking a trip, it starts with what is the purpose of your trip? I think a lot of people, especially if you're just going on vacation and trying to take a week off from work, then maybe your main intention is to just relax and go like sit on a beach or just not do anything to de-stress from your normal life. But mm-hmm. I think there's a different mode of travel as well where You're entering a trip with the intention to actually kind of put yourself in an unfamiliar situation, whether that is maybe going on like a camping safari trip or going on a trekking trip through Patagonia or kind of like Mm -hmm. just doing something that is well outside of something you've ever done before. And I think Mm. those types of trips are the ones that you approach with this intention of, I want to be in a new environment. I want to be a little bit uncomfortable. I I want to experience something new. And that is what's going to kind of push me to have some sort of personal growth or learning experience through that process. So I think those are mm. kind of the two ways that I view vacationing versus traveling. And I think when you go on a trip with the intention of traveling and experiencing something new, that is really what pushes you to have a lot of personal growth. And you can really get a lot of new perspectives that you might not normally get if you mm. were to just kind of go to some place that's going to be fun and relaxing.
0: Mm. And and Caitlin, have you ever, ever had an experience where you went to visit a place and it just turned out to be completely different to what you had in mind and how do you handle you know such a such a situation
1: Yeah, um, I definitely think there's been places where I have really high expectations of the place, but they don't necessarily align with my actual experience there. That happens Mm. sometimes. Um, For me, one of the chapters in my book, I write about when I visited Japan and I had really high expectations for wanting to or expecting to love the country because everyone always says they have such an amazing time in Japan. But I happened to be there during like a typhoon and was not able to do a lot of the things I wanted to do was kind of traveling in a group that had a very tight budget. So we weren't really able to do as many of the cultural um, experiences that I would have wanted to if I had been traveling In a different way. So I think for me, that was one trip that stands out in my mind of this just was not what I expected. And maybe I had too high expectations. Um, But I think you can always resolve like if that ever does happen, there's still good parts of the trip and it's never the case that a country is just flat out bad it's just maybe your particular mm. experience and I think that's important to keep in mind that you can always visit a place again perhaps under different circumstances with different people with a different mm. mindset and a different stage of your life and you can always have a new experience that maybe will redeem the last time that it wasn't so great
0: out of the countries that I mean there are a lot of countries I don't even know how you kept track uh it's a lot of countries that you went to but what are maybe a few that you decide that you you went and decided right there and then that I'm definitely going to come back and visit this one, even if it's through a different part?
1: yeah, I think one of those countries for me definitely was Argentina. I spent two weeks there and still feel like I didn't even see all the things you can possibly see there. Um, It's just, it's such a huge country. Mm -hmm. There's so much to see in terms of the nature. You got Patagonia, you've got Iguazu Falls, um, the beaches, the cities. I think there's just so much to explore. And I really loved the culture and loved the history behind everything that had made the country what it is. So that was one place I definitely think sticks out of my mind that I want to go back to and just have a yearning to experience the food and the vibrancy Mm -hmm. of the city of Buenos Aires all over again. Um another country I know I want to go back to because it is so massive um is Australia I think that Mm. I visited once and saw most of the key points on the East Coast uh, being the Great Barrier Reef and Sydney and Melbourne, but it is so massive. And I don't think most people even realize that it's basically the same size as the United States. And there is so much Mm. to see beyond Mm. just the major cities. I would love to go back and do some road trips, do some camping and really just immerse myself in all of the natural wonders that Australia has to offer.
0: I haven't been to either, so <laughs> I'm adding to my list as well, <laughs> so just um on 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 when you are traveling though, how do you what's the best way to get to interact with with locals because a lot of people um, well we travel but and we want to interact with locals, but don't really know beyond the bartender or the waiter at the restaurant or you know the person who works at the hotel how what's the best way to to, to do that?
1: Yeah, I think that is something that can be tough um, just to find a local to even talk to sometimes. One of my favorite ways to go about doing that is by looking up if the city you're in has a free walking tour. I think that most cities tend to have this and they're always run by someone who has been a local for a few years or maybe even grew up and still lives in that place. And they have a wealth of knowledge, not only about the things that they're going to tell you on the tour about like the history of the city, but they can also just give great advice on like, If you want to go out to like experience a cultural show, where should I go? If I want to get a great dinner, where should I go? If I want to find like a cool speakeasy type bar, where can I go? I've asked all these sorts of questions Mm. to my guide on a free walking tour and they're super friendly. Obviously they do that type of job because they love talking to tourists. So that is a great way to get a local's perspective and a local's recommendations. Um, I think beyond that, It can be really great to check out any sort of local markets that exist in the city and even if you can't necessarily speak the language you can always go and barter your way through just to see what is Mm -hmm. kind of the local fruit what is the local kind of street food that people might be on offer i think that's always been a really great experience for me to feel like i'm seeing something unique from that country
0: those are really good tips And, you know, speaking of language, how big of an issue was it with, uh, you know, during your three years of travel?
1: I think for me, I never ran into too much of a language issue, thankfully, Um, but I definitely have had some Mm -hmm. occasions where I've been in a place and just no one spoke my language. Um, Definitely, for example, I had to go to a hospital in Vietnam when I had gotten into a motorbike accident there and no one spoke the language in the hospital. So that was definitely a nerve wracking experience just to even be able to communicate with the doctors and figure out what's going on and make sure I'm able to take the right medications. Um, It can be a struggle, but I will say in terms of language issues, it's been a lifesaver to have something like Google Translate, where you can always download a language offline to have it handy before you go out where you might not have self-service. Like Mm. I remember being in this hospital in Vietnam and using Google Translate to actually type back and forth with the nurse to understand how much medication I should be taking. Um, It was a whole ordeal, but Google Translate comes in and saves the day in many cases.
0: (laughs) So my next question, Caitlin, is about um, whether you ever get sick while you're traveling, and how do you handle it when that happens?
1: I have not gotten sick, luckily, while traveling. I think I try to be really proactive about taking the right medications with me, um, like trying to not do anything that would put myself in that situation. Um, But it's definitely always a good consideration to have health insurance when traveling. That's something that I've really become a big advocate of in recent years is having some sort of travel insurance that not only covers if you have to go to a local doctor or local hospital, but also travel insurance that covers like if something happens, like for example, I was in Zimbabwe last year when I actually had to get an emergency flight home because all the borders were closing due to COVID. So Mm. situations like that are a perfect example why travel insurance is super helpful to have
0: have you always been, you know, getting travel insurance? Because I think it's such an important thing. Definitely agree with you. And there are so, so many travelers who risk and go around without travel insurance. Um, was there a turning point for you where you felt I, I I, absolutely need to start getting it? Or have you always just been conscious about getting travel insurance for your travels?
1: I think for me, the turning point was getting into a motorbike accident in Vietnam. And thankfully Mm. I had travel insurance during that, um, during that trip. So it was a lifesaver to be able to know that I could go to a hospital, get the proper care and not be worrying about having to pay so much money in the medical fees. Um, Mm. And then even just this past year, kind of there's the two sides of travel insurance, One one being that you get healthcare coverage and one being that you get kind of trip cancellation coverage. Um, The example I mentioned where I had to fly home from Zimbabwe as I couldn't continue with my trip due to COVID, that was extremely, extremely helpful to have had travel insurance because if I had had to pay for just a flight home out of my own pocket, it was $3,000 to just go one way because of how many people were trying to fly home at that time. Um, But I ended up getting reimbursed for that. And with my travel insurance, since this had been part of a larger trip, I was able to get reimbursed for all the other flights that I didn't end up taking for all the other excursions and trips that I had booked that didn't get actually fulfilled I was able to get a check Mm -hmm. for almost ten thousand dollars back in the mail to me once I had returned home from COVID which is obviously a huge savings for travel insurance that only cost a couple hundred dollars so I very strongly recommend it now especially traveling in kind of a post-pandemic world where you never really know what's going to happen
0: hundred percent I I can't agree more now, what, what happened with this bike accident in Vietnam? Because we had to get, get, get stitches. What happened?
1: Yeah, um, I had been in Vietnam with one of other one of my other friends who was studying abroad with me. And we had been definitely on a budget, trying to keep things as cheap as possible. And we were thinking about how to get from this one part of an island to the national park out in Cat Ba, which is near Ha Long Bay in northern Vietnam. And Mm. we saw that we could take a taxi or we could rent motorbikes that were just kind of being sold or rented on the street (laughs) in front of our hotel. And I was definitely a little bit hesitant about taking the bike considering I had never ridden one before. It definitely seemed a little dangerous, Mm -hmm. even seemed a little bit sketchy that they were just selling them on the street and kind of filling up the gas from water bottles that they had Um, didn't seem like the situation overall, but it was so, (laughs) it was so cheap. Um, I think it was only like $8 for 24 hours of a rental. So it was hard to say no. Um, We ended up just (laughs) taking the bikes, getting to the national park. Everything was fine on that trip there. But then on the trip back towards the city, I had had to deal with a kind of life or death situation where my friend's mm. bike was in front of me and his bike tipped over. And I had to basically decide really quickly whether I would just keep going the in the same straight path sure. and potentially run him over and hurt him. Or mm. if I would swerve to the side of the road and obviously avoid hitting him, but have that be an issue with my own health and safety. Mm. Um, so I had swerved my bike ended up kind of crashing into the side of the road the bike fell on top of me my knees kind of jammed into the asphalt It was definitely not a fun situation mm. um, so that was my first experience getting into a tr- pretty traumatic um, accident abroad and that stuff can happen mm-hmm. especially when you are doing kind of outlandish things like riding a motorbike <laughs> around vietnam But I do think it was able able to teach me a lot about like how to rebound in those types of situations when unexpected things happen. Um, Mm -hmm. Taught me a lot about appreciating travel insurance and health insurance. And Mm -hmm. even really just taught me a lot about empathy and how you can really, people can evaluate how you look um, quite differently when you're injured versus when you're not. As I was kind of like Mm -hmm. limping around Vietnam for the rest of the trip by myself with all these stitches and band-aids, I was able to really process like, how people were perceiving me.
0: So, if you were to describe um, yourself, um, but actually, before I go to that question, I want to ask: uh, you know, getting into bike accidents in Vietnam and, and all of it. What are your parents saying <laughs> when you tell them?
1: My parents were definitely <laughs> um, worried about me when that happened, but I think in general they're the type of people who are very encouraging of travel they know that it is something i love to do and is something that has been very valuable personally for me to be able to learn more about the world and about myself But they definitely still worry Um, like they always want me to have my location tracking on just in case something happens. I think that's only natural for your parents to really um, want to just make sure you're as safe as possible. Um, But on the whole, they're very encouraging and tolerant of the fact that I am pretty adventurous and will just kind of go off to random places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And is, is New York what you call home now? What do you call home? since you and living your nomadic life?
1: Yeah, for the past year, I have been bouncing around all different parts of the US. Uh, Earlier this year, I spent a few months in San Diego, California, a few months in Northern California, in San Francisco. I spent a month in LA, was kind of hopping all over the West Coast and Hawaii for a few weeks and then Mm -hmm. um, spent a month in Europe, spent a month back on the East Coast, a month on the West Coast. And I'm going to be heading home to New York next month for a a little bit, just for the holidays. But I think Mm -hmm. then I'm eager to try a new city again I might be moving to Austin haven't necessarily finalized any plans yet but i think i'm definitely in the mindset that i love experiencing new places and meeting new people mm. and just kind of seeing how all those places can shape me and what can, they can teach me about different people's perspectives
0: Amazing. And what advice would you say young people or, or what things do you think young people need to take into consideration People, you know, taking on adventures similar, uh, similar to yours where, you know, living the nomadic life and going through all the experiences that you've gone, you've gone through in the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, I think that I would just say that that is truly the, the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself and your personal growth. And I think travel is in line with that goal. I definitely know that I would not be the person that I am if I hadn't had these experiences that had kind of challenged me and forced me to learn how to deal with unexpected situations and different cultures and just kind of being more resilient and more appreciative of the things that you kind of tend to take for granted in your normal life. Um, so mm. that's one major thing that I definitely have learned about myself through traveling and would definitely recommend to other people who are curious to live this type of lifestyle.
0: Mm. Awesome. And, and I would love to hear about your book. Your book is coming out now towards the end of this month. Um, just high level what's what would this book appeal to and yeah why did you decide on the book
1: yeah I really wanted to write a book because I know that as a young person who's traveled so extensively I have a unique perspective compared to most of the travel novels and books that I've read are all from an older person's perspective and maybe it's they've had Mm. Had a midlife crisis, or maybe they are a travel writer full time. Um, I hadn't really seen anything that was specifically aimed at young people encouraging them to especially travel while they're young. Mm. I think that that was a key message that I wanted to put pen to paper and really be able to communicate for other people who might be in high school or college and considering this kind of nomadic college journey. I wanted to provide some examples of Yes, it's possible as well as maybe even if you're past college, these are some inspirational stories about places you could go that could really serve as great learning experiences, Mm. which is why I called the book You Are Where You Go kind of gets at the idea that everywhere you go and every experience you have becomes a part of you and I think that's something that's really important for people to realize is that you can kind of make yourself into the person you want to be by going on trips and putting yourself in situations that will challenge you and force you to learn and grow
0: Mm, amazing I am really looking forward to getting the book um we find it on Amazon I guess for us we're in in South Africa
1: yeah, it'll be on Amazon as of next week. I think it's already up technically for pre-order if you want to go check it out. But yeah, it'll be available worldwide. And I'm really excited to see how people are able to read it and respond to it and hopefully be inspired to take some trips of their own.
0: Definitely. Um, but um, You are so young, like 23 years old. Your whole life is basically still ahead of you, but you've lived... And you've had such amazing experiences. What what, what else do you want to? And, and you're writing a book already at 23 years old. What what more do you want for yourself?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really important to me to continue to cultivate this love of travel. And I would love to one day at least approach visiting every country in the world. I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting to have had that perspective of i could possibly be able to relate to anyone that i ever meet if i can say like oh i've been to your home country i understand at least at a basic level like what is the type of food what is the background what is the history that you're coming from i think that element of being able to relate to other people and connect throughout the world despite having cultural differences is something that really motivates me to travel um So definitely see myself prioritizing travel for many years to come. And I think in terms of professionally, like where I want to go next, I writing a book was a big goal of mine. That was kind of like a personal passion Mm -hmm. project that now I've been able to accomplish. So I'm proud of myself for doing that and and know that I can now have the skills and the drive to take something that is an idea and actually make it into a final finished product so have been experimenting and exploring with different ways of kind of what do I want to focus on next? how do I want to continue to use my creative juices and my passion for travel to continue to inspire other people or even my career on a different path so I'm in exploration mode still, but uh, travel will always be a really big part of me, I think.
0: And the beautiful thing about travel, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always you know, keep, keep traveling. <laughs> yeah. So how far, how far down on the list is South Africa on, on your list of places to visit? Oh,
1: it's super high. I actually was supposed <laughs> to visit last year um, as part of the Sari that I was on on but then covid hit and i was like a week away from arriving in south africa but had to go home so whenever things get better i would love to like go on another safari camping type experience and spend some more time in south africa
0: that is awesome i think you will love it definitely um but um caitlin thank you so so much i don't know is the Is there anything that I did not ask you particularly about your upcoming book or that you would like to share with my listeners?
1: Nope, nothing in particular in terms of questions, but if anyone is kind of intrigued to learn more, you can definitely check out You Are Where You Go on Instagram. That is the Instagram handle, or you can just type in youarewhereyougo.com to go to my website and sign up for the email list or any other updates about the book as it's coming out. Um, But yeah, I would love to connect with anyone if they love talking about travel. That is something I'm all about. So I would encourage your listeners to connect with me if they want to know more
0: absolutely they definitely will but thank you so so much for making the time i really really appreciate um this conversation it was insightful it was awesome and we will definitely be checking out the book uh when it comes out
1: amazing thank you so much
0: this episode of chica travel was proudly sponsored by flight center life happened let's travel Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will catch up again next week. But in the meantime, if you listen on Apple, please leave a review and comment. It helps other people find the podcast as well if you do that. So I appreciate that very much. And also you can find us on social media at Chica Travel Pod. Hashtag Chica Travel Pod. Until next week, goodbye.